Good morning and welcome to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. It's Sue Tab along with my co-host Kendra Petroni and we are always excited to shine a spotlight on yet another incredible woman and business influencer. Dr. Patty Fletcher is an award-winning chief marketing officer at LeapGrate, CEO and co-founder at PSD Network and CEO, creator and executive producer at Disruptor Productions. Dr. Patty is an internationally sought-after speaker and the best-selling author of Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. Good morning, Dr. Fletcher. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Great to be here with you both. Oh, so glad to have you. So Sue and I have always considered ourselves disruptors. That's not a bad thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) Nope. It's uh, the best thing. Define, if you can, the type of person that you would consider to be a disruptor. Absolutely. So uh, first, I I have to say it's PSD Network. And the only reason that I'm um, bringing that up is it came from an interview I did during my dissertation with women who held board of director positions and publicly held life sciences and tech businesses. And back then, they were the most um, tech intensive industries, which is what I want to focus on. And one of them said to me, one of the best things about being the only woman <laughs> in the um, in the boardroom is she got her own executive bathroom and she didn't have to put the feet down. So that's what PSDN stands for. Very classy. <laughs> no, sir. Oh, does oh it really? God. That <laughs> yes, put does. feet down. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's feet down. Yeah, yeah. I will never forget that. And we, yeah, and, and we didn't do PTSDN for obvious reasons, right? Because um, <laughs> PTSD would be wrong um, or whatever. But so just back to your question. Sorry, I had to say it. Um, <laughs> I very rarely can I say that in front of a microphone. Uh, so, so a disruptor is someone who sees a status quo that's inefficient, takes too much time, costs too much money, is ineffective, doesn't achieve the desired outcome, And those two things alone, if you go to Silicon Valley, that's what every startup is focused on, right? Mm -hmm. Something that's, you know, faster, cheaper, and achieves whatever they want it to achieve in a better way. But a true disruptor is someone who adds the third thing, and that is inequity, where the status quo doesn't serve positively the largest amount of people, all different types of people. And so that disruptor can't not stop with a status quo that lives like that and create a new norm that, of course, is more efficient, of course, is more effective, and, of course, positively impacts the largest number of people. So is that what you mean in your book you recommend that women um, disrupt as opposed to leaning in? Explain what you mean by that and, and basically how that mentality has influenced female corporate leadership, especially lately. Yeah, absolutely. So when I've I've been doing this work for about 20 or so years before terms like unconscious bias, you know, for for terms that so many business people now know. Right. And this was a topic, you know, the three of us would talk about, but nobody else would listen to unless they were fellow women who didn't want to be branded or didn't mind being branded as the woman. And when Sheryl Sandberg came out with Lean In, so many of us were grateful because finally the topic came to the mainstream. And then we read the book. And the thing that I hated about it, loved the mainstream, hated the message. Because if any of the women I know, and you two are no exception, if we leaned in anymore, our faces would hit the ground, right? Mm -hmm. Leaning in assumes that women are not doing enough of the right things to get ahead when really what is being said is, hey, women, 
you need to learn to act more like a man if you want to be successful. And that's systemic and a cultural issue that must mm-hmm. be disrupted. We've been working at it for such a long time, right? right? We're not there yet. So instead of leaning in, the happiest, most successful, game-changing female leaders I know, they redefine what success looks like and how to achieve it on their own terms. Just mm-hmm. listening to everything you're saying, like it feels so good to have somebody else say that out loud. Yeah. You know, it's so inspiring. <laughs> and it's so many of the thoughts that I think run through so many women's yeah. heads every day. Yeah. And then to hear them validated is is really a good thing. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about your background for a second and the inspiration that led you to sort of focus on this topic, you know, on the advancement of women in the workplace? You, you bet. So I didn't come to this topic until my, my early 30s. Um, my grandmother was, on my mother's side, was orphaned in the Armenian genocide. And as a result of that, she had a very, very hard life. And everybody made decisions for her, who she married. And my grandfather mm-hmm. was not a very nice guy. Um, when she was young, she went just very, very, you know, bad. She didn't get here until um, she was 19. But the net net was she and her sister's really had no say in their own lives. And they lived at the bottom of that Maslow hierarchy where, you know, it's just all about survival. Mm-hmm. My mom did a little bit better, right? But she raised my sisters and I, I'm the youngest of three, to always be able to have our own money, make our own decisions. And yes, we were going to college whether we liked it or not. And for, for both sides of my family, that, that was the thing um, that, you know, was, was new for our generation. So my parents were raised in Dorchester. Um, my mom, Armenian. My dad, the typical, you know, tall, white, Irish, blue-eyed guy. <laughs> and he was pretty meat and potatoes. And, you know, we used to watch the news, Chet and Nat. Um, and we'd see women marching in the streets. And he would say, and they would be college kids. And he would be like, I'll kill you if you do that. Meanwhile, he raised me to be a feminist. Mm-hmm. Um, question authority. Mm-hmm. Stand up for what I want. You're going to be mm-hmm. president someday. Yeah. So fast forward to um, 2001, and the towers came down, and um, just some situation that was very, very close to home for so many of us, and, and for me personally. And I started thinking about my grandmother, my Armenian grandmother, and about how fortunate I was to be able to have the life I led. I supported my family. My husband was a stay-at-home dad. I had this great job. I was flying all over the place. I was you know, making all this money on paper life look great. And then, oh, oh no, everything could be taken away from me. And would I be able to come back from that? I decided I wanted to learn more about her for many reasons, um, including the language in Turkey had changed. So I couldn't, you know, find any information about her and her family. I just wanted to learn more about her. And so I went back to my PhD and ended up focusing in on the topic of this topic around women in executive leadership and women who were startup founders and, and achieved great success. And was like studying these women. And these women had come from, you know, middle America. Some of them had come from overseas, but none of them went to tear one school. None of them came from connected families. Most of them came from farms, you know, just very different. But they and myself have the ability to go from that bottom of that hierarchy all the way to the top to self-actualization, right? They were using their two feet in the ground under them to build a platform and invite the rest of us to join in that platform for disruption. And, you know, I just came to realize that for the very kind of pure luck of being born in 1969 in America and, quite frankly, as a Caucasian, 
Mm-hmm. And with the inability to shut my mouth when it came to disruption, that mm-hmm. I had the opportunity, just like those women I studied, to build a global platform so that women who disrupt could change the view of themselves and that other people can join in. Because what I found out from these women that my grandmother and her mother and so many generations before me is that a woman's life changes for the positive. When she is able to redefine her life by the role she plays in her own life instead of the role she plays in the lives of others. And that is such a key turning point. And that's what happened to me. And that's why I'm here. You know, as you're talking, it's just it's um, really resonating with me. I happen to have two daughters who are 24 and 26. I consider them to be fierce young women. And I have also raise them to be disruptors. But, you know, I, I use that term and I think sometimes there's, you know, people think of it as a negative term and it's not to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's again, like you said, it's not being afraid to be big in a room and, you know, being able to advocate for yourself as long as you're doing it respectfully. Um, you need to, you need to. And I think, do you think that we've come a long way and that this generation, meaning, you know, like young 20s, maybe even young 30s, are better at it than we were? I, you know, I, I do. When I look, when I think about the generational differences, when I first started researching all of this stuff, and I worked in, in HR tech, right, work tech at companies like SAP and, and WorkHuman, what we focused on were digital natives, right? These people, they, you know, they were raised with a, a phone, a laptop, a tablet, whatever in their hands. And the more that I started working with the younger generation at that time, millennials and now Gen Zs and speaking with them and all of that, what I came to realize is that the big difference is that we have done a really good job raising those generations because both young women, young men, and those who, who don't, you know, are non-binary, they're coming into the workplace with an expectation yeah. of not diversity, but belonging, inclusion and belonging, meaning that I can look in the mirror and say, I belong here versus some CEO pointing and saying, you belong here. So, yes, they have that expectation. And what I love is that they know that the skills they have, they're, it's, they hold more power than the companies who need them, right? Because the companies need updated skills like AI or new ways of thinking, critical thinking, those things that this generation has come a lot easier by because they have so much access to so many you know, parts of information. So the answer is yes, I do. The challenge, though, that they face, just like the rest of us, right? Yeah. When you talked about disruption and your incredible daughters, is that when you are disrupting, you're disrupting someone's status quo where they either feel comfortable or they're thriving. And if you disrupt my status quo where I feel comfortable and thriving, I'm going to come at you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, or maybe not, right? I'm going to try to understand it. I mean, give me a break. But that's kind of the pushback. And so this generation, the struggle that they have is I'm going to give my input. I expect change. But people don't change when you tell them to. They change when you enable them to do. So, yes, they are much more firm on their beliefs. But just lack of kind of life experience, because it took me a long time and many others to realize that you have to meet people where they are. And also that you have to find your right stage and your right audience. Not everyone is ready to hear this. So find the people who are. And I I do think that generation will get there quicker than we do, because there are so many more of them. Right. 
If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. I'm Sue Tabin, along with my co-host, Kendra Petroni. We are excited to be talking to Dr. Patty Fletcher, who is a business influencer, a CEO, CMO, and a best-selling author. Her book is called Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. Let's get back to our conversation. So talk a little bit about what you suggest women do to advance in their career. You say networking is not always the answer. And this is I want to know your answer because this is the question that I'm constantly asking myself and I'm always asking Sue, you know, what what do we do to move up in our fields? What works? Yeah. So the, the first thing when it comes to most jobs, it's referral, right? Seriously, it's referrals, people bringing you in. We've seen that men do it all the time. And the, most of us will be told, find a mentor, you know, go and network. But those two things do not work. If you require a mentor, that does work if you have probably about a decade or less experience. Because that mentor is going to help you understand, like, how do you make decisions? How do you socialize an idea, right? Those things that you're not going to learn in college, business school, or even at home or in, or in high school. Or in, um, so there's that. But when it comes to kind of getting referred Women don't build networks. I don't know about you, but I remember having to go to events and it was like boxed wine in one hand, you mm-hmm. know, poured in a cup, of course, but then like a business card in the other. And it was yeah. awkward. It was awful. It was terrible. Yeah, it was a painful Women, experience. I remember oh, it well. Oh, yes. Oh, it was awful. awful. Like I did not go. I, I was constantly going to the bathroom. Right? Could I get yeah. out there? And, yeah. you know, and I'm an introvert, but I play an extrovert. So I, I can work a room. And, but it was awful, and nothing meaningful came out of it. You just left with a pack full of business cards. So what women do, and what we found from Carol Gilligan, who was seminal in the research around feminist leadership theory, how women lead differently, is that women are relational. We're relational in our decision-making. We're relational in our work. So we think about the impact of the stuff we do, the decisions we make, where we invest, where we divest, and how that will impact the most important stakeholders. Well, it's the same thing when we are looking for career advancement. We build relationships. Maybe it's for career advancement, but it's mostly for curiosity. Mm-hmm. We, we you know, learn what that person is interested in. We share what we're interested in. We, we help each other. And ultimately, women are looking for what when really good disruptor women understand that women are hired for their experience and men for hired for their potential. And one little thing I heard as I was coming up in this word, mm. it, world is that when a man doesn't know something, he takes a job. When a woman doesn't know something, she takes the class. And I start really <laughs> investigating that and going, why is that? Well, it's because everyone's conditioned to believe that she has to have done it before, before I can hire her. And, well, he looks fun, right? He's got potential here, and we see it over and over again. So to interesting. overcome that, I never you, thought of yeah. it that way. Such an interesting and really it, very true. It is great. So that's why mentoring doesn't work, right? So you build relationships, and then you turn those relationships, whether it's someone at your peer level, below you, or someone who's kind of you know where you want to be, and turn them into champions and advocates. That is one of the biggest differences between men and women in achieving that next thing, is that when you can have someone who is willing to go in a room, whether you're there or not, and say, hey, there's that promo, or there's that you know, opportunity to lead some amazing, high-level, high-visibility projects. You know, Sue, just, Sue and I have been building a relationship. She's super interested in going in this direction. 
what do you think about talking to her and really yeah. throwing someone else's hat in the ring? And that's truly how it happens. I, I want you to say that one more time for me. When a, what, what is it? When a man doesn't know something, he gets the job? Right. When a man doesn't know something, he takes the job. When a woman doesn't, she takes the class. Yeah. And we see it. Yep. It, it's yeah. like even in boardrooms, you guys. So there are all of these classes, you know, Harvard, Stanford, USC, you know, they're a billion dollars to take. They're not, but they're pretty expensive. They're like 20000 and it's all about how to get a board seat, and they're focused on women. I have yet, and I've seen it happen, because I do a lot of work in helping women get board seats, and I've never heard a man being told to take that class. Mm-hmm. Every time, it seems a woman is. Interesting. So mm-hmm. I want to ask you this question, because we only have a few minutes left, and um, I want to make sure I ask you this, because a lot of people listening, if they're in their early 20s, what do you have one thing that you wish your younger self knew, like, say, your fresh out of college, 22 year old self knew that you mm-hmm. have learned over the years? I do. Stop focusing on the wrong thing. We are so conditioned, right, going back to we're conditioned to define our lives by the role we play in the lives of others. And the next thing is and we're conditioned to believe that we're responsible for other people's beliefs of us. Uh, what other people believe about you is none of your business. Stop trying to please everyone in the room. Stop trying to prove your value. Instead, focus on the work. Mm-hmm. Focus on what you want to achieve. Focus on what impact you want to have. Focus on the kinds of people you want to work with. Don't worry what other people think of you. That is none of your business. Mm. Wow. And I want to just ask you really quickly about your book again. And I want to give out the title. It's Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. What do you want the main takeaway to be uh, from the book? If you could name maybe one or two things. Yes, of course. So, the, the first is that every single one of these women, and they are all exceptional, just achieving, defining and achieving success on their own terms, is that not one of them believed that they had the ability to do it and that they believe every single woman does. None of us feel prepared ever, right? We feel mm-hmm. imposter syndrome, all of that stuff. As you get older, you learn that that's quite frankly, BS. But if you are sitting where you are sitting and going, I'm not going to be able to do X, Y, Z, just know that every single powerful woman, Oprah Winfrey included, never thought they could, and they didn't know what they could do until they took their first step. So go for it. Mm -hmm. And how can people get your book? Uh, We'll put links to everything up on our site as well, magic1067.com. But just for anybody listening, let them know where they can find it. Sure. The easiest is to go to my website, drpattyfletcher.com. It's DR. Um, and you'll see it under the author page or just go to Amazon. Awesome. Dr. Fletcher, did I hear that you're working on a second book? I am. And so the first book is being um, optioned and shopped around for a docuseries. Very exciting. Um, oh. And this next book is really, yeah. And this <laughs> next book is really um, about the launch pad. Like literally the last question you just asked me was perfect segue because it's like, where do I start? And the truth is right from where you are. And so the books are like, they're not a Ted talk. There's no one way to the finish line. And so this is going to express that whether you're, you want to be a CEO or, you know, you want to do a side gig, whatever those things are. It really, it's about how different ways to launch. 
Well, thank you so much, Dr. Fletcher, for, for being on the show today and for, for being in the spotlight. Everything that you have said is is a same conversation that Sue and I have pretty much on a daily basis, <laughs> yep. yes. trying to like pump each other up every step of the way throughout this like career journey. So it's so validating to hear you say it like it, you're not crazy. This is what everybody is feeling, but this is the way to get out of it. And this is the way to successfully move up. Um, I want to give your book out again. It's called Disruptors, Success Strategies from Women Who Break the Mold. You can find it anywhere books are sold. We're going to put a link up on our site on magic1067.com. And really, thank you for you know helping. Your insight, ins- yeah. yeah, your expertise. It was really, really valuable. And I'm, I'm sure you inspired quite a few of our listeners today. So thank you. Thank you so much, and thank you for the work you're doing. This is incredible. You've been listening to Exceptional Women on Magic 106.7. It is our privilege to provide a platform for people who are out doing meaningful work in our communities. Thank you for paying attention and for helping us create engaging programming. We hope you've enjoyed this episode and that you feel inspired. And if you miss an episode, you can always listen on magic1067.com, and you can follow us on Instagram. We love that, too, at sue.tab and at Kendra the Entertainer. And please join us every Sunday morning at 7.30 for another edition of Exceptional Women. Have a great day, everyone.